you want a satisfying career and a fulfilling family life, this is the podcast for you. Join me, Joel Lulovich, and me, Lucy Dickens, as we share strategies and advice to help you keep your balls in the air. Welcome to the Juggle Podcast. Hi, everyone. It's Joel Lulovich here. And Lucy Dickens. Welcome back to the Juggle Podcast. If you're new here, we provide strategies and advice for professional women who are managing the juggle between their career and their family. We speak to jugglers, thought leaders, and employers to try to uncover what makes the juggle work. Today, we have two segments to our episode. First, we have our special segment from Michael Miller of MLC. And then we also have a guest interview with Jenny Davidson, the CEO of the Council of Single Mothers. We're back with Michael Miller from MLC Advice Canberra to talk about the somewhat confusing, in fact, very confusing (laughs) Centrelink rules around childcare benefits and child support. Michael Miller is a certified financial planner. He owns and runs his practice based in Canberra, but works with clients based around the country and across the globe. He's been practicing for about 14 years and his family actually has a big predisposition to numbers. His nan even indexed his 21st birthday present to the consumer price index to make sure that all of her grandchildren had an equal birthday present. So Michael, it's so hard to understand anything that Centrelink does. I've had three kids, I've received different benefits, but I really could not tell anybody what I've received or why I received it. So I'm really hoping that you can give us a little bit of a basics on on how it all works. I am going to start this one by saying that I spend my entire working day in complex rules around superannuation, social security, aged care, and I still find this area challenging. Uh, (laughs) Part of the reason for that is the rules are very flexible around the number of children and dependents that you have. So two people in the exact same circumstances but with a different number of children will have different thresholds and different rates are applied. The good thing, though, for all of these schemes is that um, the Department of Human Services, they actually have some very effective calculators that are really good ways to put in your details and figure out what payments you're eligible for. What are the types of payments that you can get? There's family tax benefits. Mm -hmm. Um, They can provide payments or tax rebates for different income earning patterns within a family. So very broadly, a family tax benefit part A, Mm -hmm. that can provide additional support to low or middle income families. Remembering, of course, if you've taken things like unpaid leave while you're on parental leave, um, you you might not qualify as a low or middle income family every year, but, but potentially through some of those initial years you might. And then there's a family tax benefit part that provides support uh, more for the structure where you have one person who's sort of working and and remunerated on a full-time basis and then um, the other person who's providing more care at home uh, and is not working in paid employment or working in paid employment but part-time hours so has a lower income. Hmm. So those are two around. They can be taken either as fortnightly type payments to assist you with your cash flow or it can also just all be done at the end of the year when you do your tax return. And I take it the amount that you receive depends on your income and your family circumstances and the number of kids and all that kind of thing. So it's not like you can give us a number. Exactly right. Yeah. And so that that's where um, really the best way to work out does 
is this relevant to me, is to use those uh, calculators that are yep. provided by the Department of Human Services. Now, I've had the experience where I've received some benefits and I can't remember exactly which ones. And then, of course, got the bill from Centrelink at the end of the tax year saying that I had to pay the money back. So what do you recommend for people to avoid that kind of situation? Probably the first thing is all runs reasonably effectively through the MyGov system. Now, I think certainly if you are, uh, if you have a child, child or have a new baby coming, you've got to be registered for MyGov because this is the easiest way to get that information. And what you need to do in particular is provide income estimates mm -hmm. for the, the year ahead because what, what you've described there, Joe, is, is where that income estimate might have been you know, provided or assumed and, and turned out to be lower than what the actual income was. Yes. And if your income is uncertain, there's not much you can do about that really. I mean, that might stem from you know, somebody who's self-employed, somebody who might have more of a sort of shift work type nature where there's a lot of penalties that can change. But, you know, even somebody who might receive a bonus or anything like that from work that was unexpected. I think if you're in those scenarios where you do have that income that can shift around a little bit, you need to either, you know, if you're really uncomfortable with getting that bill at the end of the year, you probably need to be sort of overestimate your income in a way so that that reduces the payments you receive throughout. Or if you're a person who'll sort of put some money aside and, and things like that, just mentally know that, hey, this might happen. You know, I might save some money throughout the year, but when everything gets added up at you know, tax time, um, then I may have been overpaid and, and I may need to take some of that savings and use that to make the overpayment. It, it's as much the shock and the surprise of getting the, the, the need to repay as it is you know, do I have access to the money that causes the issue? What are some of the other benefits that we can claim or may be able to claim? So the other one is the childcare uh, subsidy. And this is actually quite new. There, there used to be what's called childcare benefit and childcare rebate. They've now put the two of those together into what's called the childcare subsidy. The main thing for, for that one as well is you need to have estimated your family income because this subsidy, it's higher uh, overall than, than the old schemes, uh, but it, it has introduced um, a test based on your family income. So you need to have that estimate right again. And this is a contribution towards the costs of childcare. That's right. And that also extends quite often to um, when kids start in school before or after school, air, uh, school hour care programs. So it can actually carry on. Uh, beyond just that. That's interesting. It's important for you to know that the contents of these sessions are advice of a general nature only, which may not be right for you. Michael would love to talk to you more about helping with advice specifically designed for your personal circumstances. So make sure to get in touch and book a phone call or virtual appointment for this. Get in touch with Michael at www.michaelmiller.help. Michael Miller is an authorised representative of GWM Advisor Services, holder of Australian Financial Services Licence Number 230692. And now over to the interview. One of the things that we often talk about on this show is sharing the load, how important it is for our partners to pull their weight, how we need to have family support, um, you know, wanting to make sure that there's an equal distribution between everyone in the family. 
but we're also aware of the fact that not everyone has got a partner to share the family juggle with. So we're really pleased today to be able to bring a guest who can offer a totally different perspective and offer some tips and words of support for those of you who are doing it alone. As Joe said before, Jenny Davidson is a single mother and CEO of the Council of Single Mothers and Their Children. The Council is a non-profit membership organization founded by single mothers to improve both their lives and the lives of their children. They offer telephone and email support and advocate for the rights for the rights of single mothers in employment, income security, childcare and housing. Jenny wants to celebrate single mums, many of who she says are doing a tough job and don't get much recognition for it. Enjoy the interview. Hi Jenny, thanks so much for joining us today. It's great to be here. Now, when you reached out to us about sharing your message on the podcast, one of the things you said was that there are a lot of professional single mums who are doing a great job with the juggle, but that the issues that they face are different to those faced by women who have partners. What are some of the key issues or the main issues that single mums face? I think that the easiest way to put this is that if you think about a couple family, you have 48 hours of adult time in any given day to do all of the paid and unpaid care work. earn a living, but also not just run around after the children and do all the taxiing and spend time with them, but also run a household. In a single mother or single father household, you only have 24 hours in any given day as an adult to do all those things. So you've either got less time for work, less time for caring, or of course, you know, thing that goes first, less time for sleeping. Yeah, less time for yourself, basically. <laughs> I thought self was yeah. going to come, but yes, sleep, that's right. <laughs> so self is even on the list. My self-time is when I'm asleep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And what would you say that is probably the biggest issue that a single mum raises? Is it just time? Do, are they just sort of saying, I just don't have enough time? Or is there something that comes out of it more? Well, I mean, it, well, I mean, time for yourself, obviously, that's a real challenge. I think that actually very many single mother families, it's a very happy family unit in yeah. many cases. I mean, obviously, families are very diverse. But the reality is that a lot of single mothers struggle to work full time, and that has a financial repercussion. So of any family unit in Australia, single mother families are the most likely to be living in poverty. Mm. Wow. And that's not just working part time. There are also single mothers working full time that... They're not in poverty, but they can't quite stretch to cover all the costs of living and raising families and having growing children. So they might be making ends meet, but they might have no savings or they might have a bit of savings, but they might be concerned about their long-term financial situation. And is that something that you find is a common question when I know that you have a support line service for single mums? And is that a common question or a common issue that's raised? That is. And look, at Council of Single Mothers and Their Children, we do support a lot of low-income single mothers. And so their issues can be a little bit different. But the reality is that some of the issues are common across all types of single mothers. So there might be the challenges of parenting on your own, the relentlessness of that. Just not having another person to tag team with when you're exhausted or when you're time poor, when your kids are sick. And also some of the challenges are things like co-parenting, dealing with family law, you know, unpaid child support, some of these issues that have repercussions on your financial well-being, on your emotional well-being, those are tough. And the other things that are tough is making all the big decisions for your family on your own, not having another adult that you're talking stuff through with, that you're talking through those big and the small decisions. That can be quite hard and you can just feel different from the other families at the school gate or other people in your community or your broader family, you can kind of feel like the odd one out and it can be isolating. 
You've raised a few different things here. You've spoken about time, finances, the making decisions is one that really stands out to me. Let's just touch on a couple of those and perhaps you can share with us some of the advice that you give to women who come to you with these challenges. So let's talk about time because we like talking about time. Mm. <laughs> What's some of the advice that you give on your support line and you, through your other services that help single parent families struggling with not enough time? Well, I mean, one of the first things is to try not to be too hard on yourself because I think as we all do that as parents, we've got enough guilt. You have to really watch that when it creeps up on you. Another thing is to really assess in life if there are things that are on the to-do list that actually could be on the to-not-do list, whether stuff is really necessary. I mean, some of the kids running around, whether it can be outsourced if you can afford that, you know, do we need this many activities in life? And look, it's a tough one because, in fact, for low-income single families, extracurricular activities are off the agenda for kids and that has a repercussion and that shouldn't be the way it is. But at the same time, we do fill our lives up and the running around from activity to activity when there's only one parent to do it, it means there's different ways to slice and dice it, but it's, it's exhausting and it's hard to coordinate. Mm. And the final thing is to speak to the school community and try to get them to be more supportive. First of all, there's more single parent families out there than we realise, I think, in our own local community. And, and secondly, the issues that affect single mothers are actually often common to all people who are carers. So all parents or people caring for their ageing parents as well as the younger generation. But some of these issues aren't specific to single mothers. And I think that schools could do more to step up and we should be advocating to our schools for ways to better support um, the challenges that working parents face. It's interesting you say that. I mentioned just before the making big, big decisions that you, you said is one that stands out to me. And I'm not a single parent, but I find that hard, the making big decisions, even though I have someone to make them with. And I think one of the reasons is for me that I don't have a lot of close friends or family who have children at the same age as mine. So I don't have people to bounce those thoughts and ideas off. So I definitely agree that Things like that are not just challenges that are just faced by single parents, that actually lots of us are dealing with these things. We just perhaps don't talk about it. Well, that's right. And I find it very interesting. There's a couple of single mother groups on Facebook that are run by other individuals. And there's so much discussion on those. There's so much, everything from has anyone faced this issue, whether it's around parenting or co-parenting and two households and some of those impacts, some of those absent parent issues whether it's around which outfit should I wear on a date this weekend, you can see <laughs> that this is social media becomes the door to um, a bigger community because you're not getting that interaction elsewhere or um, you're not talking about those issues. I think a lot of professional women don't talk about being a single parent in the workplace. They're happy to talk about parenting. Parenting is a commonality, but their relationship status is not part of their workforce persona and therefore they may not talk about those issues in the workplace. And we spend a lot of time at work. You know, that's a place where we can sometimes talk about some of these things. So tell us about, in addition to the support line service, what are some of the other services that the organisation is providing? We provide emergency relief for single mothers. So it's quite limited. We make sure we provide information, support and referrals. So whether it's by telephone, email, Facebook Messenger, so whatever the issue is, a lot of it is around trying to navigate things like Centrelink or the child care benefits, child support, all of those sort of things. Um, we do advocacy at a state and federal level. So a lot of issues that affect single mothers are actually federal. Yes. But there's a lot of other issues that state government could be doing more like, for instance, there's a lack 
of part-time secure jobs that fit with your family responsibilities. And that really is a barrier for, for a lot of um, single mothers getting ahead if they can't find work. Because, you you know, your work has to fit with your family. You can't just leave your... Well, none of us can leave our kids at school until, you know, they're 12. It, they're, those, those, um, that, those are the responsibilities that must be met, which means that work has to fit around it. It's just not enough work that does that. So what advice do you give to listeners who are wondering how they can go about finding a job to suit their needs? That's a difficult one. So one of the things we do is refer them into service. And so we would like to be able to, we want to run a program to support single mothers to get their microenterprises off the ground. So we're seeking funding for that now. And the other thing is to have the ability to self-advocate with your employer, mm. to be able to go in there and seek more flexibility you know, a part-time role, negotiate down the hours that you work or communicate the needs that you have that aren't being met. Of course, that can be double-edged sword. You can negotiate down to part-time salary but still have full-time responsibilities and just end up working at night or working at double speed all the time. Yeah, that's something that we've spoken about quite a few times, isn't it, on the podcast. Um, what advice do you give to single parents who are trying to negotiate this this flexible working? So say they've already got a job and they're looking to get some more flexibility around that. How do you suggest that they approach it? Right. So the very first thing to do is, is do a bit of research on what your rights are. There are some obligations that employers have. Also have conversations quietly in the organisation about maybe who has flexibility you know, get a feel for who you're going to be in the meeting with, maybe whether they understand family responsibilities, just, you know, so that you know whether you can find some common ground with somebody. A really good solution that just doesn't seem that common is what about if there's someone in the organisation you could job share with? Yeah. And is it possible that rather than, you know, if there's concern about communication, would the organisation fund two people to do three days each so you had a day of overlap? It, to me, job share seems to be the solution that really, I mean, it's had this been around for you decades and yet it's not that common and I think there's a very strong case for it. We've actually um, tried to find a couple of times people to come on and talk to us as a job share couple if you like um, to share their experience of what it's like to actually be job share but what we tend to find is that you get part-time roles that are interlocking in some ways but they're not being a true job share arrangement. Yes and it seems like there's either the roles are split. I mean, there's two different skill sets. Job sharing actually is fantastic because it does it can mean that there's two people with diverse skills that are in there and they've got the focus on the same job. But you do have to have really good communication between those roles. So sometimes it ends up more of an ad hoc splitting, as you were saying, instead of a genuine job share. And also we need to see it role modelled more at high levels of government, you know, yeah. in higher positions. I mean, you still in government, you still look at the top roles and a lot of it is women without children or with grown children because the pressures on family are so intense. These issues are common. These are carers' issues, not single mothers' issues. But we know that everybody needs to be taken up. You know, men need to take more caring responsibility and women need to be given more senior opportunities for the shift to happen. But for your single parent families, what do you say are some of the essentials for them when they're juggling their career and their family? Things that you've touched on, like finding a support network. What are some of the really important things that are kind of the foundations to get in place? You know, some of the most important things I think are that getting the morning, <laughs> the morning and the <laughs> evening routines. Oh, uh, yeah. 
my mother always used to say that the hardest thing about the day was getting out of the house in the morning, was yeah. getting out of work in the afternoon. And I actually find that that's reversed. I find, you know, and for me, I just I end up just turning off my computer screen and walking away from my work practically mid-sentence because I'm always late for the school run. So I think that finding ways, solutions to that end of things, and I think that some of those more affordable solutions are things like when you've got younger children, if you can find a local high school student to do some of those at a more reduced cost. It's a very difficult juggle. Um, that those things are really, really hard. So some of those are what can you outsource and how can you do that affordably? Mm-hmm. And some of that's also swapping with other families. Yes. So, um, so some of those exchanges, when you know and trust the other families or you find other, you know, parents who you're willing to build that trust with, those are some of the ways to make it more affordable. Um, I guess as your kids get older too, there's that balance between leaving, asking them to be more responsible, which is what happens in single parent families. The children end up taking on more grown up responsibility, whether it's discussing big big decisions, looking after younger siblings or looking after themselves. That happens earlier. But are there ways that you can still be present for those other children? If you're really worried, like can you go home and do that last hour of work from home? What might be a solution to those issues? But kids going to other friends' houses is also a good way to make your day longer. That's one of my big issues. How do I get enough work hours? Yeah. Do you find that idea of families supporting other families is a particularly common thing amongst single mums? So perhaps, you know, there's two single mums who have kind of banded together to support each other? I think it is common and I think we also need more ways of doing it. And look, we have 3,000 members and we want to do that, but we also haven't worked out how to do it. And you know, embed that security overlay. It's these days it becomes this mishmash of we want women to support each other, but how do we make sure that they're vetting those relationships? They're safe. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And also when you've got a big community like that, you're obviously spread out and there's a difference between the kind of support you can get in an online community where you can talk about issues and help each other out as opposed to the people who you need to be physically present to help care for children and that kind of thing. It absolutely needs to be in the local community. I mean, it, it, for someone to be really helpful, they need to be nearby. And having good relationships with your neighbours is is one of those things. Not everybody has that. But you know, as a single parent with a young child who's asleep, I mean, you run out of medication or you run out of an ingredient for dinner, you can't nip shop. Some of these practicalities. And the reality is once your child is asleep, you are at home, you know, and so it is isolating. So you do have workarounds those things yeah and I'd imagine sometimes even if they're not asleep if you've got several of them because the hassle to get kids into the car yeah. or get them ready even if you're going to walk to the shop or wherever you need yeah. to go and my second child is only two and a half weeks old and I've already taken the let's just not bother route yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get it <laughs> Oh, thank you so much, Jen, for sharing some of the work that you're doing. We've got a couple of questions that we ask everyone who appears on the show. So one of the first ones is, do you have a mantra? Is there some words that you live by? Me personally, I'm a big believer in um, in Gerardo Viva, in living well, in finding the happiness in every situation. Not every situation, just when you can. Yeah. <laughs> in terms of my work, I think that for single mothers, the joys and challenges of parenting are very much the same as other parents. 
but the challenges can be more intense, but so can the joys. Mm. And that, especially if it's a hard one, you know, family unit, if you've been through a bad breakup, if you've come out of a violent relationship, then that safety, security, or, you know, just the peace and tranquility of, of coming out of a difficult relationship or, the, or a breakdown of a relationship into your own safe space with your children, part-time or full-time, it can be a very joyful space. And it's really important to kind of keep an eye on those moments because you know, the challenges, the exhaustion of doing it on your own, it, it just can be kind of relentless. So you have to focus on the, the happy times. Well, you value something so much more when it's been taken away from you or where you've not experienced it. So I understand that. Yeah. You may have just answered this one because that your mantra may also be your piece of advice, but I'll ask you in case there's something else. Is there, in addition to what you've just said, one piece of advice that you'd give to single mums who are professionals managing the juggle between their career and, and caring for their family? I'd probably say don't think that you have to do it by yourself. Like a service like ours isn't just for low-income single mothers. And we currently, our logo is is an eagle because the wedge tail eagle, the female is bigger than the male, but also because it's that fierce, you know, the eagles, they have the long sight, the endurance, they're fiercely going to look after their young. But I often say it's easier to soar alone when you're part of a flock. Right. So one way or the other, I would recommend that you seek out You know, our organisation is all staffed by single mothers because then there is no stigma and everybody gets it. Yeah. So finding other single mothers to talk to because there is that sense of common understanding. But but I think that sense is also there among mothers in general and parents in general that most of them can extrapolate like, boy, this is hard. Imagine doing it on your own. Yes, absolutely. So if people would like to find out more about the organisation, then they can perhaps visit your website, which is www.csmc.org.au. That's right. We've put lots of information on there because we have a phone line staff during school hours and a lot of working women need information at like 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock at night when the kids. (laughs) So there's lots of information on there. Um, about some of those very, we're, I mean, we're a specialist, but some of that information around single mothers, which is across all issues because we're a broad population group, but it's quite specialist. And so lots of that's online. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's good. That's great. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us, Jenny. It's always good to talk to other women. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Bye. Thank you so much for listening again. Oh, Harry just want to say goodbye as well. <laughs> Harry says thanks for listening. Come back next week. <laughs> That's all from us today. If you enjoyed our episode, then please subscribe in your podcast player of choice. You can find that at our website, which is www.thejuggle.com.au. See you next week. Happy juggling. <laughs> <laughs>